0: comics a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives i'm scott loss the creator and artist of the second shift and wanders of milisanda for the accidental aliens
1: and i'm keith foster i write the comic kadoja and the upcoming
0: comic three protectors and you are currently rocking a super sweet dr strange sorcerer supreme t-shirt is yeah cool. man what's the cover what number is that is that 40 uh, it, something what does that say 48? 42 dr strange
1: 42 42
0: all right, you guys give that a Google, and uh, that's yeah. the, the shirt Keith is wearing today. Yeah,
1: give actually let me do a let me do a product endorsement that I have absolutely nothing to do with. Three months ago, Scott commented on that Secret Wars shirt that I had, mm-hmm. which is just a cover of Doctor Doom ten. And so uh, I believe it is is it T Fury or T Public? I think it's T Public that has this, but it's one of these sites. And like the coolest thing is. I guess Marvel makes so much money. They generally don't care. And I don't think DC cares either. So people are just taking old school Marvel comic covers and they are putting them on t-shirts. And the thing I like doing, especially when they do sales, which is like almost all the time is you get like their quote, super soft t-shirt, which is basically a ton of polyester, um, which I like a lot of people hate it, but you know, fuck them. Um, and then what the great thing is, you get these dope-ass comic covers. I mean, Marvel isn't making these shirts. I'm glad other people are. And, uh, and the cool thing is, by them being on this super soft thing, they're also super durable. It doesn't shrink, and it holds up really, really well. So you pay extra on the front end, but the good news is, you get a t-shirt you can use for a while. So I actually dropped a, a, f- a few coins on another t-shirt as well. So uh, yeah, man, I'll be busting those out. I just, I just wanted to change up my t-shirt game a little bit. Donate some things. Bring some new things in.
0: Nice. All right, so I am the, the the host, quote unquote, today. So that means you are the one starting it off with your weekly business. So what is the first thing on the list, my friend?
1: The first thing I did was with three protectors um, off, you know, to Lance for his portion of the creative process. And with me doing a lot of, I'm really doing like administrative stuff for the Kadoja Kickstarter now. I'm printing out address labels Um, I'm getting the packing list ready, that kind of stuff. I still have a week or two to do that. I decided that it was time to start writing Kadoja Volume 4, which is what I did. So um, I set a pretty um, big goal for myself, which was, as mentioned on previous episodes of the podcast, I have laid out the scene skeleton. So I've laid out all the scenes. That's what I did first. Then... I turned that into an actual scene skeleton because I did all the scenes by the thread, right? And that way you can see them from beginning to end. Then I basically shuffled the deck of cards so that I had this nice scene skeleton for the flow of the fourth volume of Kadoja. And now I'm writing the scenes. And the goal is a scene a day. Now I'm going to stop with the first issue and then hand that over to Will and and get Will going. And then we'll see what happens on the second issue. You know, I I know what's happening. I can write these scenes kind of on command. And, um... So, I, I actually, uh, to record this podcast, I stopped um, almost at the end of the, f- uh, I think it's the fourth scene out of six. So, hopefully within a couple of days, I will be done with Kadoja issue one in actual, like, script format, which I am, I am very excited about. So, it's been it's been fun. It's been cool to, you know, incorporate a lot of the new writing stuff that I have learned through my classes. I mean, I, I, I can't remember when I wrote volume three, but I think I wrote volume three pretty early in the process of this novel writing expedition that I've been on. And so as a result, um, it is amazing. You know, like I'm proud of the first three volumes. I've said that before, I'll say it again, but it's really fun to come at it with like some new writing tricks and tips and just new writing knowledge. And the fact that I've read, you know, since I've written that last script, I've probably read, I mean, easily a couple hundred comics and at least a hundred and fifty novels. So then you add all the workshops on top of it. I mean, that's just experience that's under my belt. And it helps me approach scenes in, uh, in interesting ways. And um, the, the case in point that I wanted to bring up for the sake of this podcast, as I was thinking about it, is I wrote the first scene and without giving away too much, what I had happened was some ground level stuff where characters were interacting, right? So I wrote it out that way and had this character thing that was involving um, some conflict, right? It was a it was a tense scene. And um, I wrote that all the way through, you know, put it away, and then did what I customarily do when I write the comic scripts, right? Which is put it up, put it away, go to bed, do all your stuff the next day, and then open it when you have a fresh mind. And then when I did that, Um, I realized that there was something about the delivery that I did not like, and I decided to make what I thought was a pretty dramatic change, which is I kept, I decided that for now I'm going to keep every single bit of art in my direction the exact same. However, There's not going to be any dialogue in this scene between them. And instead, I'm going to do a voiceover of two other characters that are talking about stuff that sort of has a parallel to what's going on in the scene. And um, I really liked that. I just, I've played with that idea before and I do like it. I think it's one of the true... You know things of a visual medium that you can really get away with you know when when you're writing prose or writing anything involving words you can only do one thing with that set of words but when you're using words and pictures you can do two you know you can have two totally different things going on and you know movies do this very well and I think comics do this very well so once I got that second version of the scene I was like oh yeah this is this is the money it makes everything a bit even more tense And uh, I think it makes the scene work so much better.
0: Yeah, I love uh, when they do that in anime. They do that in anime a lot, and it's so cool. Uh, They definitely have that narrator over the top of it. It's not exactly the scene that's going on, but it parallels with it nicely. So, yes, definitely sounds like a cool idea.
1: Yeah, I like it. And I I think, for me, the thing that I realized as I had kind of wrapped up Kadoja um, Volume 3 and I came into some technical issues on this. Um, if people, for longtime listeners of the podcast, they know that the letterer came back and said I had kind of, you know, done some things that were a bit wild. And so I toned those down so that in the final version of the script and comic, they're nowhere near as wild. So I just, what I was doing for the first three volumes was I was using the television as kind of like the transition mechanism. And so I liked the idea of being in the scene where the action that was on TV was, going to one set of characters, going back into the scene, going into another set of characters. And that's what I did. This time, I'm just eliminating that and I'm going from scene to scene. And going more old school, you know, like the way movies work, right? You don't have voiceovers zooming you in and out. So I'm focusing less on the transitions and more on the action that's involved in the scenes. And I'm digging it.
0: That's awesome, man, that's a great start. Nothing like starting another project. There's something about comics. It's like um, it's like a weird form of torture because you spend so much time creating the book from start to finish. It's endless, countless hours of you putting this book together. And as soon as you finish it, you have to start all over. You know. And uh, yeah, but there's the, the good and the bad. Take the good and the bad with that. You you get a fresh storyline to deal with a fresh uh, issue to deal with but also it's the very beginning and got to start all over again uh real yeah. quick what what are you drinking today i just took so i was finishing off a beer that i had uh, the other day i didn't finish it and uh it surprisingly kept overnight it was made west brewing company and it was just their hazy ipa and i actually enjoyed that it had a you hops, uh, Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe. It was a 7.0. But as you were talking, I popped open another beer, and it is kind of brutal. It is a, a Rouleu, I guess, R-O-U-L-E-U, I think that's a G, Brewing Company. And it's a 2x2, two two, double dry hopped, double IPA. And honestly, it tastes like a skunk, a skunked uh mgd or something like oh my yeah it's it tastes like someone put a a cigarette out in a beer and you took a swig which i've done before so that's how i know how to describe it i
1: i could accurately describe this flavor thank you Uh, i was gonna say you made this motherfucking face when i was talking after you had taken a sip of that beer and i'm like I hope this is from the beer he's drinking and he's not recoiling from whatever I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it was it was one of the nastiest faces I've seen a human being make when sipping a beer, man. I mean, you push through it better just now because yeah. you know what to expect. But man, that was some face you made on that first sip of that beer.
0: It is a rough beer mm-hmm. and I will drink it because I do not like to waste.
1: Yeah. Um
0: and, and, uh, I don't know how much, you know, it's a 8.5, so I'm definitely going to fuck with it until the end of the, the can, but I'll yeah. never touch this thing again. I should have knew it was a bad beer. It has people bicycling on it. That's not going to be a good beer. Exactly.
1: What kind of, I mean, like basically the only two beers I can think of involving cycling are that and Michelob Ultra. So I sort of rest my case, right? Yeah. Like, okay, so here's my shit. Uh, I'm drinking something called Shark Attack.
0: Do that, uh, hold that over to your right a little bit, so I can see your shirt and the can. Like that? Uh, uh, other side, other side. Other side. Yeah. Bam, right there. One, two, three.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's something a little different. I haven't been messing with these lately. I decided a day or two ago that I am tired of hazy IPAs. I'm just tired of them. Mm. I think I've had enough.
0: They ran the course.
1: They ran their course, and, uh, it was funny, because the day after, <clears throat> I'm just getting over yelling my voice out at Disneyland over the weekend, and it's, it's a, a bunch of days later, and my, you can hear it in my voice still. So I get a nice, smooth, sultry songwriter voice uh, today, <laughs> um, like, like Lisa Kudrow on that episode of Friends, which is the only episode of Friends I've ever seen in my life. Yes. But I've seen it four times.
0: My right? sticky shoes, why you <laughs> stick on me. Thank you, my babies. <laughs> <laughs> Great
1: episode. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I went to Trader Joe's the next day. After you did, and I decided I wanted to get some things, so I gave this a go. And this is, uh, yeah, it's called Shark Attack. It's a double red, and mm-hmm. it is quite hoppy. But uh, I sort of like reds, and I wanted to give this a try. But I, I, so this is enjoyable. It's it's sharp. It's it's hoppy. I bet using the good old IBU score, this bad boy would be up there pretty good. But it is different, and I and I appreciate that I'm drinking a beer that's clear. And I, I made a decision, you know, one of these dumb declarations you make to yourself earlier today, and I, I said, look, I'm, I'm close to the end of my beer supply in my fridge right now. I'm very close. And as I mentioned to you, I think in a text, I'm bringing some beer down for the aliens because it's, it's been sitting in my fridge. I've had one of the two cans, and I think, I think a lot of them are good. I just don't want to drink them. And so oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah so I think there's one that you're going to really like in particular that you're going to grab and then the rest we can we can put up for for uh, for grabs for anybody. But I decided that once I get through these couple beers and I'm only a few days away from from finishing them, um I'm going to go on a comfort beer thing. I'm basically going to do the comfort foods of beer. I just want to go hit my favorite notes and just drink a bunch of things that I know are my greatest hits. And just stock my fridge with that once instead of trying new stuff. You know, like I do this with music too. You get so up on trying the new thing and listening to the new thing, you forget that like, you know, I haven't listened to Metallica in like five months, you know, or, or whatever it's going to be. Sometimes you just got to bring it back to those things that you love, ground yourself, enjoy it, and then you go on and venture. And I have not done that with beers for a while because it's always about the new thing, the next thing, the hot thing. But man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that trip to the beer store in a few days where I just restock with my fridge, my fridge with like five of my favorite eight beers, you know, so that's going to be a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I've i been doing the, the tour, the beer tour lately, uh, you know, just seeing what they had at Trader Joe's and all of that. But before that, I mean, listeners will know, I was on an endless streak with my Kirkland, uh, hard seltzers, you know, yeah. the Kirkland white claws. It's like, that's a comfort, a comfort drink for me. It's just like, Hey, it's nice, easy. It's light. It's a hundred calories. It's a uh, 5%, not, not too shabby. So yep. yeah, every once in a while, you just want to go back to old faithful and, and just chill out and enjoy those.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of MGD, I might even get one of those just to relive my high school days. I'm really, I'm <laughs> really, really kind of ready to do
0: that. So my, uh, so yeah. my, uh, so the, when I started drinking, I was 16, And uh, we would we would get Mickey's Mickey Ultra, I think they were like little grenade looking things, Mickey's Mm. malt liquor. And then. uh, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I graduated to M.G.D.'s for the longest time I was doing M.G.D.'s. And then I like graduated again to Shock Top. thought I was like, hey, I'm civilized now I have I do Shock Tops. You know, not trashing Shock Tops. I still, I still get them to this day. They're, they're one yeah. of those beers that it's like the equivalent to my Bud Light or something. You know, if yeah. I just want like a, a beer to just sip on, I'll, I'll grab a Shock Top and uh, maybe a little orange. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Anyway. All right, let me get to my first thing here.
1: Yeah, we were chopping it up on beer. That's what you yeah, were talking man. about. And
0: we'll be, we'll be talking more more beer this weekend. Uh, we are doing the free comic book day at SoCal Comics. By the time this airs, it'll be two weeks past. But, uh, you know, I'm going to imagine we had a great time because when me and Keith hang out, it's always a great time. When I hang out with the aliens, it's always a great time. And uh, as mentioned, there's going to be a lot of beer involved. So at yes, these uh, so- so- SoCal signing events, I usually bring a cooler of beer. I sit on that because aliens, they always forget their chairs. So I end up sitting on uh, my cooler and just sipping on beers the whole day and just bullshitting with everyone. And, you know, we sell some sell some books, sell some art, and it's always a good time. Yeah, man, let's get it.
1: And, and of course, in real time, this will just be a week from now, we'll have how we did uh, and, yeah. and what kind of time we had at SoCal Comics. So, yeah, man, looking forward to it. I've been prepping for it. And uh, let's get to your first thing.
0: Yeah, and, and you're actually uh, – I was in SoCal yesterday, and you are – Uh, Your table is right next to us, so we are good on that. Let's fucking go. Yeah. No problem there. Okay, so uh, the first thing off my list is I am in a groove with that last commission, that last pending commission that I have said over the last few weeks that I've been struggling with. Like, I have the composition down, it's been approved, I just can't get through it for whatever reason. There's literally three characters in this composition and, uh, Luckily, one, I just got in a nice groove on on her and uh, penciled her out. I sent it to the client. He liked the look of her, and I inked it, and she is ready to go. So one out of three down. I'm super excited about that.
1: Was there a turning point in it? Was there a certain thing that, that like, a match that struck in your head where you were like, ah that's it, I unlocked it? Or was it more of like, a like? did you kind of work your way through it or did you just get some moment of inspiration where you realized, ah, this is what I need to do?
0: It was definitely a working through it moment. I have been working on it for, I don't know how long and I just couldn't break through. But sometimes, so for you comic creators out there, there's just days where you have to push through. Like you're not feeling inspiration, nothing is clicking sometimes you just gotta keep on working because you have deadlines. And this is one of those instances, this client is waiting for this to be finished. Um, luckily I have a nice long uh, um, uh, due date. Like I don't, he doesn't need it until December. I told him I would get it to him by the end of the month. So I've shortened my, my due date just because I want I wanna be done with it, but I have more than enough time. So uh, yeah, sometimes you just gotta power through and keep working. And uh, eventually it just clicked with that character. I was like, you know what? this. This composition, her 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 body position, um, her features, everything is just—it's all coming up aces right now, and I'm glad I kept on powering through, and I was just able to knock it out one day. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my first thing. I have a—luckily, you said you kind of have two things and one kind of minor thing. I only have two two minor things, so um, that was one of them. Is breaking through on this project, so I'm feeling good about it. Uh, I did all the line weights and everything. And then the next process, like after I finish these characters, the next process, am I going to try to use one of the aliens to color the cover? Or I'm going to talk to, first off, I'm going to actually ask my colorist, Joaquin, if he can do this old school uh, noir uh, painting book novel cover, like that style and uh, see what he says. If he can't do it, then I'll I'll reference back to one of the aliens, uh, Emily. She's, She's, did the watercolor on both my wanders and those sonda covers. So mm. me and her work really well together. So if he can't do it, I'm going to refer to her after that. Yeah, man.
1: Doesn't Emily have like my favorite, uh, God, what is the name of that? My favorite bitmoji. Emily's bitmoji is like dead on, right? I think I've seen it before. Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah like, she's it's like a spot on bitmoji. It's like, wow, this, that really does capture her.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really does. She, she has a really uh, good knack of drawing herself uh, she has a very good t- cartoon version of herself and you see it and then you see her like, oh, that's clearly you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty That's awesome. dope, that's dope. I did want to mention to your point about pushing through, the same applies with writing. You know, there, there are many days because, uh, you know, when I'm writing new stuff, It's about a word count, right? It's just like, I'm going to write this many words, and then if I want to stop, I want to stop. Or when I'm writing a comic book scene, it's like, I'm writing this scene, and then I'm done. That takes me 10 minutes, great. If it takes me four hours, well, I signed up to do the scene. But once I get to editing, that's when I I just set the clock for an hour every single day. And there are days where I checked – I probably have mentioned this before. I checked that clock, and I'm editing, and I'm like, how much time went by? Three minutes. Then I do it again. <laughs> How much time went by? Four minutes. And I'm like, fuck, man. I feel like I've been editing and it's and I and I'm fifty, you know, I'm seven minutes in. What the fuck's going on? You know, mm-hmm. but but the great thing is, and there are some days where you're just gonna slog and slog and slog, and it's just gonna end that way, you know? But but the good news is you're setting yourself up for that big, awesome day in the future. And there are there are just as many days. That rarely happens. Rarely do I push through an entire hour of editing and and then have have it not work. Now, what I'll have a lot of time is, like, fifty two minutes in. All of a sudden, I'll get the inspiration. I'm like, oh goddamn it! I should have done this. And then I start doing that. And maybe I write more that day, and maybe I don't. But at least you've set yourself up, and you've pushed through that problem, and
0: brought yourself to a better place. Exactly. And you you've learned to work through problems. Uh, you know, as opposed to just quitting every time you don't find inspiration. You can't do that. If this is something you're trying to do for a job, you have to push through. Even the days that you're not feeling it. At the end of the day, yes, this is fun. It's great and it's it's exciting to do. But it's also a job. It's it's also work. So you need to learn how to push through the bad times. And at the end of the day, like he said, some some days you you might not ever it might not ever switch over. You might never feel that inspiration that day. But the next morning, you could wake up and you can see how much work you actually put in yesterday, not feeling it. And then you can try better today and hopefully today will be a better day than than the previous.
1: Yeah, yeah, and actually you just reminded me of a comic that I just read that I thought was a pretty clever way of addressing the creative process. It's called The Me You Love in the Dark. It's by Scotty Young.
0: Oh, I just heard about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Issue one came out like two weeks ago, so it, okay. it's probably still around. You should get one. I mean, it's 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 your typical poppy horror that is just you know burning up the charts these days. But uh, it's good, man. I liked it, and uh, and I thought there was some really fun creative process stuff there. So uh, anyway, that's that's always a good time when people nail the creative process in just one certain way, right? Good stuff. But um, so I guess it's time for my second thing, right? Yes, sir. This is one of those things of it's taken a lot of time, but I don't know how much time I can milk it for in terms of talking about it. But, you know, I, I've been, I had that period where I kind of rewrote it and restructured the lead character. And now what, what's happening is I'm getting into the real teeth of the novel, the real, the real guts of the novel, I guess ahead of me you know like so i'm i'm currently on chapter let me think about this 4 okay the chapters behind me 1 2 and 3 are rewritten Right? It's kind of like, I believe I gave this WandaVision example before, right? Where the membrane kind of slides out and turns the old thing into the new thing as the bubble expands or contracts, right? That's very much how it is, right? Like the leading edge of the bubble is on chapter four. Behind me, the first three chapters, they are the current version of the novel, and I I think they're turning out really well ahead of me is the last draft of the novel which I've already deleted some stuff on in fact I think two weeks ago I deleted about 10,000 words and I felt like that wasn't even enough but what I'm continuing to do is now as I attack these scenes they're just getting reworked on the fly right and so it's really interesting to go through these things and see what the scene looks like afterwards it's very hard on the brain because I'm realizing a couple things number one it's very hard for me to keep track of what this draft of the novel is doing because I'm, I'm now five drafts in. It's hard to remember what the fuck your current draft is and what you've said and what you haven't. And that doubly applies for things that are like those small little references you make, like a certain word choice, a certain reference. You're like, shit, man, is that still in the novel? Because if not, I really want to put it in here. And then you got to spend five minutes searching your own damn novel for it. Maybe less if you're, if you have your search terms down, but you're still struggling with what this new version of the, of the novel is. And I was thinking about an analogy for it. And the best way I can say is to me, it is like driving a car down the interstate at, at freeway speed and changing one part of your engine at a time on the fly. Right and making sure it works. So like, if you're driving your car down the middle of the damn freeway and you're trying to change out the spark plugs, and then you're like, oh shit, I just changed out the spark plugs and I didn't even lose momentum, and the car looks the same, the exterior looks the same, nobody notices, but by the time they get through it, they'll realize like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that is a little bit different. I wonder if you changed his spark plugs, you know, like that kind of stuff. And that's what it, it feels like. You know, you're just keeping up this. So much of the novel looks the same, walks the same. A lot of the references are the same. A lot of the language is the same. But I'm changing so much structurally underneath, under the hood. And that's what's fascinating, you know. And, and again, like the thing that I am describing, it's a very delicate process. And so uh, you have to be very careful. And it's that sort of care that's making my brain hurt a little bit as, I've, as I'm digging into it every single day. It's rewarding as hell once you get through it, though. You know, again, I I hope some writers out there can relate to that, even if you don't relate to the analogy. But again, it just goes back to the point of, like, what we just said, work, 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 right? Like, or what? how many times does Rihanna say it? I think five, right? Work, 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 work. I think it's five. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's, that's, look, whenever Rihanna is indirectly giving us tips on how to make better comics, I think, I think we're doing well. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's all good, man. But, uh, but yeah, so no, it's rewarding. It's, it's a grind and it's, it's occupying my brain. That's what I was going to lead with is that this is the first time in at least a year where I now find myself driving home. And I'm thinking like, oh yeah, there's that little thing. And then I pull over so I can quick add it in my notepad. It's the first time I've been this engaged with my novel once I close my laptop and I'm I'm technically done for the day. And that means the novel is swimming around in my head, which is super important because you get some really great stuff done no matter what you're writing, if it actually swims around in your head while you're not actually actively working on it.
0: I have uh, my own version of that when I'm working on books with Ed. And uh, like Second Shift 10, for instance, it's already drawn. And the thing is, when I read Ed's scripts, I I visualize the story as it's going. And uh, you know, I kind of feel the beats and everything. But every once in a while, I'll add something. I'm like, hey, you know what would be really cool right here is if the characters did this, add this uh, comedic moment. You know, it's just like, you want that comedy, like I I should say, I want that comedy in all of my stories. for me comics were always an escape as a child growing up it's like you want there to be cool action you want there to be fun you want there to be excitement uh, you know as a teenager you want there to be a little romance you know gambit kissing rogue and whatever you know that type of stuff and and and, and, and- <laughs> i know that's getting cut out
1: <laughs> of course it is of course it is <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh damn them (laughs) sorry what they did they know what they did please Um, continue
1: the listeners don't know what they did but
0: scott and i do damn it you know those are the those are the aspects of comics books that i enjoyed growing up Uh, when i was reading the x-men and and other books it was just you had if you hit all of those elements for me it was a a successful comic book as long as the art was good if you could hit all of those beats all those notes In that issue, I loved it. Great stuff. Um, So I like to do that with my books. You know, it's just like that was the stuff I enjoyed. So, um, you know, there'll be a a serious scene going on, people having a conversation and something funny happens. And so sometimes I'll throw that in there. So my my version of that is after the whole thing's drawn, I'll grab Ed's script, I'll copy and I'll paste, you know, all the dialogue on that page, uh, from that page onto the page in, in Illustrator and then i'll go on to creating the word bubbles placing the text where it needs to go and then i look at the pages and i go what's missing here what was added what was in my head so like when i when i'm reading the characters having a conversation I'm also adding to the story in my head because it's like, we only have so much room for so much dialogue, but as I'm drawing it, these characters are still having a conversation. And so sometimes I'll pick moments. I'm like, this is the moment that I want to put into there. This is the comedic moment that I want to put in. So what were they saying when I added that? And then, so I'll kind of put something in there as either a placeholder or just the actual dialogue, but I'll send it over to Ed. I'll go, Hey, uh, look over the script you know, I I added some stuff, just check it out, see what's good, see what changes you need to make. And then so he'll take that. And then he'll make his adjustments. I'll give it one more over more than likely we will be good at that point. Um, But that's us kind of going like, um, whatever the initial rewrite is, right? And then my writing on the fly. And then Ed's rewriting. And then uh, last take is everything good? Does everything sound good? And then boom, so we get essentially four drafts, from one script as as we're doing it, so that's mine and Ed's process. It's kind of like a nice streamlined process because we keep bouncing it back off of each other, and uh, you know, adding scenes and whatnot. So yeah, I would say that's that's kind of the equivalent of yours is okay. What was in the original script and what was just in my brain? Like so, mm-hmm. I have to take those mental notes. It's good. No, that was a hundred percent just a mental note. There's nothing written anywhere, and we need to put it in here.
1: So yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. That's cool. But yeah, man, that was my second thing. Uh, How about you?
0: Okay. So I'm not usually really vague on these. um, or I'm not very secretive. Like you like to keep things a little closer to the vest, but this is actually one thing I do want to keep closer to the vest. So I'm going to try to work myself through this. I started this new thing that I want to do on the back page of the second shift. Um, I like to do either artist pinups or just like little comedic drawings that I do, you know, it's like, I draw it in my normal style, but there is a comedy to it. And that's usually just kind of like a one page image. It's like kind of like a one page story or one image story, I should say on the back covers. And so I'm going to be continuing in that, but I'm going to be doing something else. There's going to be an added element, which I'll tell you off the air. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I joined this new group on Facebook and that's what's, you know, that was part of the, the triggering of, of, uh, this new idea. I, I was already dabbling with the idea. I was talking to my buddy Steve, who's a uh, uh, really into this aspect of comic books. and so I've been picking his brain more on it. and uh, you know I, I joined this group. He added me to this group and it's it's setting my brain on fire um, and uh, I'm creating these one one image stories on the back of the covers. And uh, that's what I've been doing. So after I nailed that that one character, on the, the commission piece. I said, you know what? I have some time. I've earned myself some drawing time just for me. This is something I do for fun. The, the the back page, the back cover, it's usually something just for fun. It's something I really enjoy. It's not not that I don't enjoy the whole process, but this is all me. This is me writing it. This is, it's, it's all jokes. So um, I'm really excited about this. It's, I wouldn't say it's, I would say it's 50% done. All the pencils are done on it and I'm kind of uh, uh, like 40% done with the inks. So it's moving along quite nicely, and uh, I should have it done in the next couple of days here if I just keep on this pace. And uh, yeah, it's going really well. And uh, I'm sure I'll be posting it up uh, sooner than later. I have talked to my colorist, Joaquin. He had taken a bit of a respite um, his parents came down with COVID, actually. And so, uh, yeah, and it was rough. They got the rough version of it. It hit them pretty hard. So he said he was dealing with it for like 20 days. And uh, he kind of halted all work uh, during during that time. So uh, he's getting back on things. He's going to be starting the coloring uh, this week. He says he's going to send me two pages. And then he'll have the rest of it done by the end of the month. So I will have this image for him to color. Normally, I do I, I color the back pages myself, but I'm so busy that it's just like you know what? I'm just going to pay him to do it. I'm sure he's going to do a kick-ass job. I'll le- I'll leave it up to him. Um, so yeah, d- during all this, during all of that, um, I'll have the whole issue done hopefully by the end of the month, uh, and I, I got to letter it still and everything. So uh, the, yeah, that's the process.
1: Hell yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that sounds like a lot of progress.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going really great, honestly. Um, but there's, there's tons of stuff going on. I got some fan art to put in the back of the issue, which is super fucking cool. Um, it's always cool when people just draw your characters without, without you asking them to do it.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. That's something I'm going to really look to do for Kadoja volume four, to have those fun pages like we've talked about before it's what i love about infinite kung fu the original comics or brian michael bendis's early stuff man it's just these pages of like riffing and talk about what music you're listening to or whatever you want to talk about it's not important what's important is i love that shit and uh, and i want to do that and for volume four i'm definitely going to um so anyway that's that's something that i get to look forward to because it's like to your point it's like a fun little reward for me you know what i mean um but yeah man that sounds badass so uh for me, my I guess my third thing, which is the final thing before we get onto some other stuff here, is uh, you know one thing led to another, and I decided that I didn't really like my website that much. You know what I want is for people to land on a main page so they can check out the blog if they want. They can check out Kadoja. At some point, there's going to be a Three Protectors thing. And uh, we'll just keep it moving with all the stuff that I'm writing. And so I did. I, I made an update to the site, keithrfoster.com. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to. You know, it's got, just got like a nice little pan- landing page. I added some bio stuff. Um, and the thing that I really wanted to talk about, it's amazing what the silliest little thing will do to make you realize how there is a part of yourself that you haven't talked about at all. And um, I got a notification that this side project record I did called Ruckatron 2312 had one person share it. It was like this one person shared it, uh, sh- shared a track from Ruckatron 2312. It's this album called, I think it's on Spotify, actually, if you want to check it out. It's called Futuristic B-Boy Apocalypse. And um, I, am, I am a fan of it because it is by far the weirdest thing I've ever done. Um, it's not very, I mean, it's not that weird. Right. But it's unconventional, you know, like what I like and what I'm sure you could appreciate Scott from a creator perspective is I do a whole lot of things that are wrong and I love the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Like I have a two verse rap song on there and it's a lot of instrumentals, but, um, I have a two verse rap song in there where the break between verses is a minute. Okay. You never fucking do that. You never just rhyme for, for a while, take a minute off. And then rhyme again. You know what I mean? Like, you don't do that. But, like, right. I listened back to it and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I dig it. You know what I mean? Like, it's wrong and I don't care. You know? And there there are songs that just end. They just end. No No slow fade. No cool big end. They just end. It's like, what the fuck did this guy do? What was he thinking? And, like, I don't even care. I love it you know, and, uh, That's there great. are song. yeah, there are songs where the vocals are low in the mix. There are songs where I over process my vocals to where they're very hard to make out. There's one song, again, there aren't that many vocal songs where I decide to double my rope, my vocals with like this really weird robot sounding thing. I still don't care. I think it sounds great. You know? So that was, that, that reminded me of like, yeah, man, don't forget to do shit wrong sometimes, you know, like, to to one of your, you know, if, if I could summarize something you've said, it's fuck the rules. You know what I mean? Like understand the rules just so you can ignore them because then you understand how to ignore them in, in interesting ways. And, um, what that then led me to realize is number one, I don't think I've spent an ounce of time in my life promoting that record. It sort of happened at a busy time in my life. So I'm going to go back and, and just like, you know make a point of it every now and then that kind of stuff you know like it's not even on any websites i have you wouldn't even know i did it you know and uh again with a couple other people so it was ruckus from big pimp jones and a dude named walt and so it's nice and strange but more importantly i realized that my music is not represented at all on keithrfoster.com so something i'm going to do is it probably won't be up by the time that this episode airs but i plan on making a cool like all the music I've ever done tile board on, on a music page. And then people can just link to all of those records that I've been part of, which is like easily a dozen at this point. And, um, I think that's a fun thing. You know what I mean? Like music's a part of me, just like wrestling's a part of you. You know, music is the thing that I did for years and years before we did comics, just like that was you with wrestling, but I never talk about it. I never think about it. And it's time for me to represent that a little bit better. So it's crazy how one thing just leads to another thing, and before you know it, you're updating your website. But uh, anyway, that's what I did, and more changes will come soon.
0: Hell yeah, man. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. I like the landing spot first. Uh, Accidental Aliens kind of has that as well. But ours is kind of like a scrolling uh, feature that I would never have thought of doing, but Emily created the website. So if you go to accidentalaliens.com, it kind of has like our uh, mantra, I guess, right at the top and then you just scroll up and uh, it has some information but then it also just drags you into the store like you just keep scrolling yeah. and you're just in the store somehow so it's All kind of, of fun you yeah. can't
1: leave until you buy something either that's clever yeah, the way yeah. you did that
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it's like a loop it's a uh, virus <laughs> that's what they There's, call it i think a virus
1: i'm pretty sure that's the name for it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right kind of have a topic that we want to tackle and this is actually one that you suggested keith and it is let me find it because i just moved some i found and it i lost it yeah uh, week's topic book yeah. and tutorials on craft yeah so uh since this was your suggestion i'll let you go first
1: Yeah, okay, so in fairness for this one, Scott, I feel like this is such an obvious choice that I feel like we can have an open dialogue on it. So yeah, how many do you have? I sort of have two plus this one I'm about to bring up.
0: Okay, I have, mine are all tutorials. Perfect. And uh, so I have one, two, three, I have five suggestions. Woo, okay, why don't you go first then? Because I really only have three. Okay, um, so- I'm gonna go with two art channels to watch. Number one is David Finch. I might have mentioned this on this cha- uh, on this podcast before. David Finch uh, gives great advice, and he really walks you through everything that he is doing. So uh, definitely give him a look. His he's he's a fantastic artist. He's been around since the '90s. I believe he started with Top Cow. He's moved around quite a bit. He's worked for DC, um, but his. YouTube channel, uh, is I believe it's just David Finch, so look up David Finch. And uh, yeah, great tutorial channel. He does live chats on Monday. I think he calls it Monday Night Draw. Uh, that's a nice word play if you're a wrestling fan because of Monday Night Raw. Um, so he, but it, he does Monday Night Draw where I believe it's his wife. She answers questions from the chat while he draws. And uh, it's usually uh, some character or whatever that was suggested. Um, or it's a commission he's been putting off or whatever or there just needs to work on that who's to say he's putting it off um, But then there's also videos where he is drawing and he does a dub over and uh, You know most of it is in real time He'll fast-forward certain things, but he will also just keep it at regular time So you can see his technique and how he's forming certain muscles body structures, etc A really great channel. I love putting that on in the background while I'm while I'm drawing It's great to listen to him like listen to vets talk about art is is so invaluable to me like i i i love hearing that stuff and uh, it's a great channel
1: nice nice so my first recommendation is going to be the thing that i mentioned that was pretty obvious and guess what it's the name of this podcast it's making comics by scott mcleod um that is he wrote he did three Okay, And because the 9% alcohol is hitting me And because I don't want to like switch Scott off uh, Skype And just go search for what the other two are Trust me, he did three And they're all amazing But making comics is where it all started And it is an absolute wonderful text On just Is it going to teach you stuff? It might It might indirectly It's not meant to teach you stuff But what it does is It reminds you of what you can do with the comics medium and so, you know, it's, it's one of those books where no matter how many times you revisit it, it's always going to, you're going to be, you know, one of my favorite phrases in the universe is a man can never stand in the same river twice or a woman because that person has changed and the river has changed, right? Like that, I think that's an old proverb from one of the Greek philosophers. And so I think making comics as a book is one of those Um, books that really, really drives that home because you can read it now and you can read it in a year and you're going to be a different person in a year. And so a different thing is going to hit you and you're going to know more and you're going to understand more. So that is a great book to just keep handy. I have my copy right over there just for picking it up, thumbing through it, and just reminding yourself what an awesome medium comics are. You know, I, I have said many times and i'll continue to say comics are like the best medium okay they're not the medium that makes people the most money but they're the best and uh just keep on rocking that man you know what i mean like i I, i've said that before to people to everybody listening out there man really appreciate you're all out there making comics man that is the best thing you are using a killer medium to tell stories And a book like Making Comics is only going to help you explore that medium even more and maybe push it a little bit into a direction that you want to take it. So that's my first recommendation, the three books by
0: Scott McCloud. And the very first book was Understanding Comics. That was actually published in 1993. Making Comics was published in 2006. And then the last book is called The Sculptor. So uh, I don't oh i thought event. he had
1: no he has one about the digital age of comics but i can't remember what it's called oh, and you're right wait, understanding more. comics is number one
0: yeah okay um nine percent
1: alcohol kids yeah there you
0: go reinventing comics was two thousand uh 2000. that's the one that's okay. the one that's that's okay.
1: digital age focused so yeah Got that's it. good understanding yeah, yeah. comics making the, comics yeah i mean making comics again is a bit more creator focused so actually i'll hold that as the number one choice um, and again, because that's the one that I keep handy. But uh, all three are fantastic, and all three are going to teach you something every single time you pick them up.
0: Yeah, hit up uh, eBay or or Amazon. I'm sure they'll be very cheap there. Uh, very reasonable. or your library. Yeah, oh, they're, library, they're, they're, oh. dude. They're
1: they're in damn near every library in the world, as far as I know. So yeah, you can you can find
0: them in your local library more likely than not. Perfect. Um, the second art channel I want to uh, advertise here is uh, Proko, P-R-O-K-O. He is actually San Diego-based from uh, accidental alien Tristan told me. He goes, hey, did you know that guy's from San Diego or in San Diego? So that was kind of a trip. Um, A lot of people, if you're into the arts and you're on YouTube, you probably know who Proko is. And he does a lot of tutorials and he actually has a ton of people on his channel all the time uh, showing you different ways to do art like different kind of mediums and, and stuff like that i just saw one recently that had ryan benjamin on it from uh, wildstorm fame and uh, so he was doing comic book art on there so yeah just tons of different art available figure drawing lots of figure drawing breaking down hands feet body parts etc uh take a look at Proco. uh it's a huge channel and uh, very cool to know that it's in san diego san diego based
1: hell yeah man that's very cool and so for my second thing i'm actually gonna hold up the book because i got it right here it's called The Only Grammar Book You'll Ever Need. And uh, so, you know, any, any writer, you're going to need your couple books that you keep handy all the time. You know, a lot of people swear by elements of style. Um, but there's been a wave of books out in the last, you know, however many years that have really gone against, like, the stuffy, you know, wine-sipping nature of elements of style. Right? And so, uh, and this is one of those books. I, <clears throat> this is my personal favorite. In terms of grammar books, I've bought some other ones because they always come from a different angle. And there was one that I bought recently where it, it, it was talking more about like prose and stuff. But it almost got, like, a little too cute for its own good. You know what I mean? Like, it renamed stuff. It was kind of like, well, this is the heart, and this is the bone, and this is the thing. it was like, just tell me what the fuck you're going to say. You know what I mean? No. Like, you don't you don't need to rename it, you know? Yeah, I don't like that. Um, like, now, now I have to memorize a whole new set of terms on what you're trying to tell me. Like, just tell me what you're going to tell me, you know?
0: Right, and but, then no one else that has uh, heard or read that, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly.
1: You pick up a book, and you're like, heart? What the fuck does that mean? You know, so, um, anyway... This, this book, The Only Grammar Book You Need, you can see here, Scott, it's pretty slim. And it's a nice little handy reference. And, and I know you're probably thinking, hey, asshole, like that's for novel writers. No, it's not. It's for everybody. There are definitely some things in here that are novel-specific. But we're talking about things, you know, I'm just going to go through the chapters here, okay? Um, finding the right words. Parts of speech. Uh, basic sentence structure. Verb varieties. Pronoun problems. Or to quote Daffy Duck pronoun trouble,
0: um, punctuation and style. <laughs> sounds, sounds like tw- 2021.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Writing better sentences, avoiding common errors, writing and revising, you know, so, so there are so many great things in here that apply to all levels of writing, not just novels, even though obviously novels are 100% of the application, but it is, I'm a grammar nerd, man. It is critical to have good grammar. You know, like, I, I'm probably a bit of an ass because I bust on my kids for grammar sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, y- you would be amazed at how much you undo if you make some basic grammar mistakes in terms of presenting yourself. So like, maybe it's not even for writing. Maybe it's just for the general presentation of yourself as a human being. Make sure you know your grammar, man. And um, and a book like this helps a ton. It's a, it's a fun little handy reference. It's not fuddy-duddy. And, uh, it explains stuff very well and very clearly, cleanly. And you can read this damn thing in like an hour because trust me, you're going to know half of it. You know what I mean? At minimum, you might even know more than that. So what you can do is you can just keep it for a reference for all those things that you need a quick brush up on. Um, and then that other, you know, whatever, 10, 20, 30% you get to learn. And now you have it here handy with you all the time.
0: Hey, can you bring that down in San Diego? I'd love to borrow that from you if you wouldn't mind.
1: Sure, man. I don't mind. Yeah, I'll throw it. Let me throw it in my uh, in your uh, Savage Dragon pile over here.
0: Okay, sweet. Also, throw that um, first draft of uh, Three Protectors number one. I already that? got that.
1: I already got Hell that. Hell yeah.
0: That's what I I'm talking about. There's, I, I okay.
1: counted. There are five of them. Five.
0: Oh, right on. Nice. Now there's four
1: because uh, you're getting one.
0: Sweet. That could be a nice little uh, uh, markup you can do on your Kickstarter. It could be like this rare artifact edition.
1: Get my piece of shit first version,
0: <laughs> dude. No, you. No kidding. That that shit will fly right Can off. Can I call the side. tier
1: piece of shit first version? <laughs>
0: yeah, you totally could. Oh, that would be amazing. I, I bet you people that. would buy it.
1: I might consider that just as a ruse. Yeah, piece oh, yeah. of shit first version. Um, all right. Anyway, so what, yes, what else you got? Super man? rare.
0: Okay, yeah. so that was you. You just had those two, right? Yes.
1: uh no, I have one more. One more
0: okay 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 all right so i have uh, one two three so i will do uh if you're a colorist out there or if you're just trying to learn and learn about color trying to delve into that uh, i would suggest color with kurt um that would be kurt k-u-r-t and uh, he is a colorist he does many books i think he does a lot of image books and and other things he's very established um, but he's—he shows you the whole process. He'll color a full image with you watching. You won't fast forward nothing. You got to watch all of it. So it's a very useful channel if you, that's the the area of expertise you're trying to delve into. Uh, I suggest color with Kurtz on YouTube.
1: Hell yeah, man, that's cool. And uh, and so my last thing is going to be a book that it's not a craft book, okay? But to know me is to know that I anybody like Scott who who has had any sort of sports discussion with me knows that I'm dipping into numbers quick, man. I love the shit out of numbers. I love stats. I love what they can tell you. Um, I'm not like a numbers, uh, you know, slave, but uh, but I do love me some numbers. And to that extent, numbers, data mining, there's a fascinating book out there called uh, Nabokov's Favorite Word is Mauve. And what it does is, It data mines a lot of the great novels ever. So like there's a whole chapter on adverbs. And uh, because, you know, to to know writing is to know that adverbs are generally the devil. Because what you don't want to do with adverbs, adverbs are basically a lazy way of something, of saying something that you could do better with a better verb, right? So if you say, he walked rapidly. You sure he didn't just run? Did he jog? sprint you know like you can you can do that better and so um so this is an entire chapter i think the first two chapters may even talk about not just adverbs because adverbs are are one are a certain type of thing but adverbs that end in ly and it ranks authors of of classic authors based on how often they use the adverbs ending in ly and that's like the first chapter or two and then what it does is to the to the book's title it data mines to see what words authors really love. So these are people that have gone through like tons of novels, done a word count and a word identification, and then graphed all that shit. And, uh, you can find out some really interesting stuff, man. It's, it's fun. And I think it's one of those things where I'm not sure it's directly going to tell you about writing, but I think it's going to tell you a lot about writing if that's the kind of stuff that you're interested in. And again, I think that that can apply itself to a whole lot of things and not just writing novels. Otherwise, I wouldn't recommend it here. So I found it fun. If that kind of thing interests you, I encourage you to check it out.
0: That's very cool. Um, Okay, so the last two that I have, I'll, I'll, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll leave that one last. That one's just good fun. Um panel layout construction and flow youtube channel it's a strip panel naked s-t-r-i-p panel naked strip panel naked he breaks down the flow of pages how panels are laid out and constructed um the flow of dialogue he breaks it down in such a brilliant way It, it makes you go are they really thinking this hard into it? Because the way he explains it it really does make it, every single thing that they do on the page seems intentional and it's very nuanced and uh, it makes me feel like a hack because I'm like, I'm not putting that much thought into it. This guy is breaking everything down and I'm I'm not doing any of that shit. So um, I think it actually helped me in my process. So when I look at pages, Watching channels like Strip Panel Naked and all these other guys, and and uh, listening to artists uh, on YouTube or YouTube or podcasts, reading interviews, you just start gathering all this information. And this is just another aspect of comic drawing or or comic creating, I should say, that I have not put that much thought into before watching this channel. So if you guys haven't seen this channel, I suggest highly to go check it out. It's very interesting. If you have watched this channel before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so that's that That would be my last one just for the craft aspect of, of this part of the podcast. Um, but if just something for fun for you guys that like watching artists draw, or you wanna pick up some tips by watching some of your favorite artists, go to VZA, look up VZA on YouTube. And so he commissions a lot of artists and he essentially records them drawing and he posts those videos. And uh, he also has been doing a thing where he'll watch Jim Lee's channel, which is Jim Lee on um, Twitch, I believe. He does a Twitch channel, and then he also adds that to YouTube. What he does is he takes the two to three hour video where Jim Lee's just kind of hanging out and bullshitting with the chat and also drawing. He cuts out all the bullshitting and the chatting and just com- compiles all the drawing into a quicker video. So mm. a three-hour cha- uh, three video turns into a 20-minute video of just Jim Lee drawing. So nice. it's super badass. So if you're into that, uh, go to VZA on YouTube.
1: More importantly, it sounds like he might be uh, an honorary member of the Wu-Tang Clan, right? There's the RZA, the JZA, and now the VZA. So I'm pretty excited for that. Want, you've been want,
0: waiting. You've been waiting to say that for a while because you're. Every time I said VZA, you got this look on your face. I'm all, what's going on there? Yeah, I'll finish my thought and we'll find out. I think because he's the fucking Visa. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, how he doesn't go by Visa is beyond
0: me, man. Maybe should, he should, does.
1: Dude, I should rename myself right now, the Kizza with a K, just to, just to lock that down. Uh, that's that's right. amazing. But dude,
0: the Kizza and, and the Sizza bringing you <laughs> making comics.
1: <laughs> but I think Sizza is actually a recording artist now, isn't there? Isn't there? A recording oh fuck, artist? is there? Yeah, oh. I think there is a recording artist named Sizza. But uh, anyway, I know you can't trademark that, but I can still trademark yeah. Kizza, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you can't. right, all right. All right. Um, so can we can we just revisit? Do you have any pet peeves this week, man? Because
0: this is starting to recur a little bit. I do love the pet peeves section uh, of this podcast. I ha- I do not have one for this week, but uh, I'm okay. excited if you do. I do. I, I have one,
1: but for a moment, I'd just like to revisit one of yours, one of which I shared with you, which I wanted to bring up here to, to the people. I'm obviously not going to name the source here, but I had this happen again today with this whole watch your stuff, if you are dating yourself, right? So I was reading a, a an unnamed superhero book, and this is the one I sent Scott. And and the one and somebody says to one person, they say, uh, and and this is a great way of letting of like giving a tell on whether you should even include this. The one character says to the other, "What do the young people say? Game recognizes game. That's the line. Okay. So congratulations." you've timestamped yourself to late 2019, right? Like you just did it. Game recognized game. That's already played out. This is 2021. That was 16 to 18 months ago and it's already done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was thing number one. And Scott, Scott and I had a little text exchange on that where it was just like, okay then, you know, but, uh, anyway. And then the second thing is I was, I was listening to a novel on the way home today. Yeah, I was cheating, bitch. And, um, (laughs) And so while I was cheating, uh, there's this, I mean, this is a horror novel, right? And uh, now the, the horror novel is trying on some level to be quippy. And as a result, it has people kind of doing that, you know, Quentin Tarantino, whatever you want to say, Joss whedon thing. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, but, but the problem is the narrator also does this. The actual narrator god voice does it a little bit too. And it describes something, a dance, as, as a mix of something and Gangnam style. You just, you, man, there's that timestamp right there. Congratulations, whatever year yeah. that was. I don't even know, but all I have to do is look up Gangnam Style, and I'll know exactly when that novel was written. Right. And, like, dude, that was, like, the freaking fad. I mean, I think it was 2012, 2013, off the top of my head, just because I remember my kids liking that song. That, was the first <laughs> song. that was the first song that my kids truly loved. Like, they would not stop playing it. I heard it in my house 40 times a day coming from their room. Um, so anyway, so just again, beware, okay? There's, there's a good type type of dating and there's a bad type of dating. And guess what? You don't know the difference right now. We have no idea what the good type of dating and the bad type of dating is. And that's why it's best to avoid dating altogether if you can help it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to something that Paul Dini and Bruce Timm said about Batman the Animated Series when they were creating that because there was a period when that came out where I was like an obsessive over everything involving that batman animated series great series they made a big point that they did not want to timestamp anything this is one of those pepsi challenge things right or bet you buy chip you know like see if you can go back if you're a batman animated fan and try to find a single dated reference you know they're really trying there to make that thing timeless and have it work that way and uh for the most part they succeed you know, it yeah. creates its own era by fusing a lot of other eras, and as a result, is timeless and gets to stand forever. That's the best part about it.
0: Yeah, you have vehicles from the 1940s and the 1950s, but there's computers, there's cell phones, um, but there's also blimps uh, floating around in the sky, which is definitely of a different time. It's definitely not not stuck in a, a period of time. You would have no idea. Uh, I mean, the initial look, when you see all the vehicles and the guns and and how people are, you would think the '40s and the '50s, but then you just you, I don't know. You see the vehicles, the technology. You're like, wait, nope, that's that's not right. Um, I don't I don't know what that is. Um, and you were correct. It is 2013 on the Gangnam Style.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, that's what happens. So give me one second. We're gonna do a little experiment here. I uh, uh, if you heard that on my end, I don't know if you did, but I had a comic alarm. Uh, I had an alarm go off because there's an auction. Guess who just won the auction, bitch? Me. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was sir. it? West Coast Avengers lot. Okay. Oh, that, nice. in, that includes the first appearance of White Vision and issue sixty-one, which is an Immortus issue. Which I am uh, Scott. Not, Scott knows this. I'm riding the Immortus train when it comes. To, you know, look, when it comes to the show Loki and the future of the Marvel Universe, you're either on Team Kang or you're on Team Immortus. And so I'm Team Immortus, baby. I'm just I'm just riding this Immortus vibe, and if I fall on my face, well, fortune favors the bold, right? So uh, so anyway,
0: so we're gonna see how it goes. So I'm pretty nice. pleased. How much? How much did you win it for? Uh, under what you were willing to pay? Three dollars under my max pay. Oh, okay,
1: cool. But I did want to mention um, the one actual pet peeve that is becoming a little bit. I'm not gonna say it's common in comics, but I'm not a big fan of it. And, and I'm sure, again, that's why it's pet peeve, right? In the era of um, advanced information about books, you're going to know a lot about a book. Like, you know, the way that the comic business works, unless you're doing Kickstarters, is you're going to know, even Kickstarters, you're going to know about the book before you even buy it, right? Like, books are coming out months from now, and you generally know what's going on. A pet peeve of mine is when you have a series where the first issue is essentially you get to the end of the first issue and the big punch is something that you felt you knew coming into the page one of the book anyway. So you basically took an entire issue just to set up the second issue, right? And you knew what was going on because of the advanced solicitation. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like... Man, that's kind of a waste. You know what I mean? Like, I just paid money on on table setting for what is going to be the true story that starts in the second issue. And it's like, if you're doing table setting, do it in the first few pages. Don't take an entire issue to do it. I do find that annoying because you just paid for a comic and it was basically like a preview that could have been condensed. And now you're one comic in and you still don't know whether you truly like it or not because you don't leave the comic with any more than you thought you knew on page
0: one. Some of those times they're just setting it up for the trade, you know, it's just like, well, you're dragging this out because the trade needs to be at least five issues. But yeah, you know, you, you know, you could have got this done in half of the issue, at, you know, um, yes. but you're, you're dragging it out and,
1: and there's that's a- no good, there's a book that just came out that I'm going to name right now and edit out. We're going to be heavy on, heavy on my favorite sound effect this episode. I thought that the final issue of this was a complete summary that I didn't need at all. And that is. Um, did you read that? I think you did,
0: right? I am. Yeah, I'm reading that.
1: Yeah, the final issue of it, since I'm not going to name, like, I'm not going to number it to even do it, I was just like, uh, yeah, I pretty much assumed all of this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you didn't need this at all. But, you know, you got to have a certain quota of issues to really fill out that trade. So, yeah. Anyway, for what it's worth, for what it's worth. So, yeah, it turns out that the pet peeve thing, it started with you, and now it's, like, catching fire through me. I can't shut up about them.
0: <laughs> hey, man, when you see them, you see them. Uh, yeah. So, and and I appreciate hearing them, and I'm sure the audience does as well. It's like, I'm sure there's stuff uh, out there that you, you guys also see in comics that you don't really like. And if you do see those, let us know, and we'll we'll talk about those on the air. We'll read your your email. Um, so hit us up at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Send those questions, comments, concerns, your pet peeves, and uh, anything else you want to talk to us about. Send it at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also send those messages to our social medias. So you can find me at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T, on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost.
1: Have you ever seen that Simpsons where Krusty is doing something? And, uh, and and he says, oh, you know, he's like, aren't you live right now? He's like, no, no, no. I put a tape of an old show in. Nobody will notice. And then he's watching the show. And then Krusty yep. goes on the screen and says, ladies and gentlemen, the Falkland Islands have just been invaded. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like, oh, God, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, So anyway, so you can find me on social media at Keith underscore decibel. That is my personal account. And I'm going to post a lot more on that because that is the one account that I have to talk about Three Protectors. And we're getting up on talking about Three Protectors. I just did my first Three Protectors teaser post yesterday. So it's already on there by now. um, So I encourage you to check that out. If you just love giant monsters and that's how you roll, by all means, go at Kadoja Kaiju.
0: That's one word on Instagram. And you can find my books, Wanderers of and Second Shift on AccidentalAliens.com. As mentioned in this episode, it'll take you to the homepage. You'll see some stuff and you scroll down, there'll be a, a store and you can buy those books. Second Shift is a tale of minimum wage workers during the day and superheroes at night. And Wanderers of Melisanda, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans. You can pick all of those up at AccidentalAliens.com. I also do stories in those anthologies that are on there, Accidental Aliens Anthology. There's 2018, 2019. I believe 2017 just has a digital version and also Tales from the Mothership. I also did another short story in there. Um, That one, surprisingly, has nothing to do with Wanderers or Second Shift. So if you want something a little different than what I do, check that one out.
1: Yeah, I mean, most importantly about your site, I want to bring up again, I really want to drive this point home. You can't fucking escape, right? The only Mm -hmm. way out Mm -hmm. is spend them
0: dollars, right? That's That's it.
1: You scroll down to the bottom, you spend them dollars, and then you're out of there. That might be a virus, we're just not sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I call it a blessing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We call it great comics delivered to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We call it profit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay, so for me, as mentioned, the, the new and improved, KeithRFoster.com. There's a fun new landing page there. I put one of my favorite graphics on there. Go check that out. There's going to be stuff about music in the coming weeks, and you're going to really get to explore the music stuff. Of course, you can purchase it, but the best news about a lot of that music is you can listen to it right now for free on Spotify or on Bandcamp or other places. And, of course, you can check out Kadoja Comics, and in the coming weeks, months, whatever, uh, there's going to be a second comic up there for it too, so uh, so pretty excited for that. And brother, I am pretty excited because we are going to be doing some free comic book day jamming in a few days. So uh, good times. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna soak in the sun. I'm gonna have to get my SPF 30 on there, even though yes, I'm, uh, yes, even though suggest- I'll, I'll be under a tent. But uh, but yeah, man, I'll be I'll be uh, getting that getting them raised, getting them shade rays, and selling comics and drinking some beers.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, we cannot control how the sun moves so uh yeah our our pop-up might block us for uh, the most part but uh, the sun will move around and it maybe won't be covered so bring that sunblock yes sir all right everyone thank you for listening to another episode of making comics we'll see you guys next week don't forget to hit up those sites support our books and uh support our channel by uh telling your mom telling your cousin telling your mailman whoever you want that uh this is a great podcast and they should listen
1: yeah you know you know mailmen love comics even more than grandmas i mean we're on record for how much grandmas love the shit out of indie comic podcasts mailmen mm-hmm. notorious indie comic fans
0: man yeah male women however not male so
1: <laughs> male women yeah more more indie film it's kind of weird the way yeah. that breaks
0: down yeah yeah and metal they love metal
1: of course who doesn't wait a minute right who doesn't yeah, yeah. The grandmas love metal more all right uh- <laughs> we're out of here man i'll see you next week brother
0: <laughs> all right Yo, yo,